Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. Anyways, I am really excited to be here right now. I'm really excited tonight. I feel like the Lord um, has been speaking to me in my prayer time and through reading the Word of God. I feel like the word for my life for this season is to start speaking from your heart. Um, and it's been an experience. It's been a journey for me. I'm really logical. I'm very left brain, left brain verbal. Uh, yeah, I know, dude, it's good. And so um, there's just been this season where I'm writing songs and doing all kinds of stuff, you know, and I'm just feeling waves of emotion. So right now, if I get a little emotional, um, I think it's a Holy Spirit thing, maybe. So hopefully it's good, right? So anyways, I'm here to talk to you guys about freedom. I believe uh, that there's a mandate on my life to actually release freedom to people. I actually have a goal of my life that I speak over myself that I'm going to bring people to emotional freedom, physical freedom, and spiritual freedom. And so today we're really going to focus on that emotional aspect a little bit. And a lot of this is just going to be my journey and my steps to freedom. Um, And so it's going to get a little crazy, so you better buckle in right now. If you've heard that song, Fasten Your Seatbelts Right. Um, If you don't know that song, I'll show you later. Anyways, so the title of this sermon, I don't know if we have um, a graphic for it, but the title of this sermon, if you saw the post on Instagram and all that, it's actually called Freedom from Self-Hatred. And then the little cute title I came up with was Selfless Love. And actually, the word self is in parentheses. And the reason it's in parentheses, I know you're going to love this, right? So the reason it's in parentheses is because if you try to take self out of selfless love, if you try to take yourself out of the equation, then you just end up with less love. You just end up with an inability to connect with other human beings. So it's so important that you put yourself in the equation if you really want to love other people. So as we're diving into this, I know Taylor prayed, but I'm just a real prayer enthusiast. I believe there's something about men praying in church, so we're going to pray right now. Uh, So God, we just thank you so much for this time. I just pray that you bless this word. We just invite you, Holy Spirit, to release freedom over people. And I just pray, whatever in the world or whatever in heaven I'm saying over these people, that Holy Spirit, you would minister to their hearts. That Holy Spirit, you would actually cling on to one of those words, boom, and you would just say, no, 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 that one is for you and put it right in their hearts and so i just thank you for what you're doing holy spirit because at the end of the day you are the teacher sometimes people stand up here and have the microphone but when we study the bible like it tells us in all of john's books holy spirit's the teacher so we just thank you god in jesus name amen okay cool so guys we're talking about selfless love i already talked to you a little bit it looks like we have some wonderful friends in the back i'm so excited to see you guys not to detract from what's going on but you guys are awesome those are freedom releasers right there dude so yeah and anyways um so what i want to tell you guys about is getting free from self-hatred and i'm going to be going after a thesis tonight i know some of you might have come to love my sermons i know i certainly did Uh, (laughs) and uh yeah a lot of my sermons have three points they're really organized you know i got those like five pages of notes to start flying around the room as i'm like talking um and i just feel like tonight there's really only one point and it was tough for me to get down and condense it to like what's the one thing that i could say to people But there's one thesis that I'm running after. And for those of you like Thomas who are in the youth group, I actually already shared this point with all of the DBCers. And so they're growing up with this in mind. But I'm actually going to share it with you guys now. So that one point 
is that loving yourself actually connects you to the possibility of loving other people. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about self-hatred and the fact that if you want to love other people, that you actually need to love yourself first. And even though it sounds backwards, the more you want to grow in selfless love, the more you want to support your family members, you want to connect with that girl, you want to connect with that boy and really have intimate giving, if you don't have a self, if you don't have a person who's whole to bring to the relationship, it's really hard to connect. It's really hard to have a relationship with two people when one person hates themselves, when one person removes themselves from the equation. How do you receive love when you tear yourself down? You won't let anybody in, right? And I know because I've been there. I know because I've been the guy to shut people out. I know because I've been the guy to have a suit of armor. And I want to talk to you guys tonight about that. Okay, so it kind of starts all the way back when I was nine years old. (laughs) And so this is sort of where my paradigm changes. So I've been growing up extremely optimistic, which might sound okay to you guys right now. But I had a season in my life from nine years old onward where I was very pessimistic. And I think what happened, what fractured so much for me, is that I got one idea stuck in my mind. And for years, and probably a whole decade, I mean, I haven't been around that long, you know, but but at least a decade, I carried the revelation, the false perverse revelation of this lie that I thought was an idea that I came up with when I was nine years old, but it was actually straight from the father of lies. It wasn't my thought, but when I was little... I thought it was. And so it all starts with me being nine years old and going to church. I'm not going to tell you the church that I went to. Some of the details of this story might change to protect the integrity of this church. I love this church. I support this church. But I had a very bad experience. So I went to this church. Right? I was worshiping. um, And when they did worship, it was just too loud for me, bro. And it was like wrecking my ears. It hurt really bad. Um, We can talk about why later. But I just have this thing with my hearing where I can hear a little bit better than normal people. Don't worry about it. It's not superpower, but it's cool, right? So anyways, I was in church, and the music was too loud for me, and it was hurting me, and I just, you know, I I was a little kid, and I I told my mom, and she's like, basically shut up, and so I was pretty upset, and so I just started crying, and I ran out of the room. I just ran all the way out of the room, and literally, like, no one actually came to get me. My mom didn't come to find me. My dad didn't come to find me. I don't say this like, oh, no, what's wrong with your parents? I mean, they thought I was probably just going to the bathroom or something. And, you know, back then I was a little bit of a brat. I kind of like messing with my mom. So she probably just thought it was one of those moments, you know. If I'd made a habit of this, she might have seen it, right? But in that moment, I got a new idea that wasn't mine. I thought it was my thought, but it was from the devil. It was from a demon that was trying to rip me off and trying to ruin my experience in church, trying to ruin my experience of connecting with people. And the lie that I started believing was that I am a burden to those people around me. That I'm actually preventing them from having a better life by being there, by being in the equation. Even when we're worshiping God, the God that I loved when I was a kid, when I'm there in the equation, I made it awkward for everyone. And I felt like a burden to every person in my life, like I was weighing them down. And this is where things started to go downhill for me. And it happened so fast because when you feel like a burden... You stop asking other people for help. Wow. <laughs> and you stop asking other people for help because you already feel like you're weighing them down. You already feel like you're a burden to them. You know, I just get chills thinking about how I was back in those days. And it just went again and again stronger and stronger with each year. It was almost like I grew in confidence about the security of my identity was that I was a burden to other people. You know, and there was other lies I believed in this time, but I think almost everything ties back into that. 
And I just wanted so badly to be loved. And honestly, more than wanting to be loved in those moments, especially stuck in a cycle of self-hatred, the only thing that kept me going and kept me hoping for my life, I could only make my life about other people. If you hate yourself, your life's not about you, right? <laughs> because otherwise, it's, it messes with all your sensibilities and it messes with the lies and the cycles that you get trapped in. So you try to make your life about other people. So you constantly get stuck in this cycle where you're trying to love other people. But like we talked about, if you take self out of the equation, you just end up with less love. Loving yourself actually connects you to the possibility to loving other people. You're not going to be able to connect with them if there's not a you. You're not going to be able to connect with them if you're broken and bleeding on the inside because you're not letting people in. You're not asking for any help. And I don't mean to talk as much in the second person as I am because I was that person, because I was that guy, because I believed those lies. And I always thought that it was my thought. I always thought that when I ran out of that church service and it was too loud for me, I always thought that that was the moment I was a burden. That was the day that I developed my insomnia. That was the day that my parents had to start paying for medication. And you know what? I stopped telling them that I had any symptoms and they stopped buying my medication. I stopped telling them that I was having problems in my body and they stopped buying me things that would help. I stopped eating food and I didn't tell them that I was hungry. And they didn't notice. And I'm not trying to say that my parents were negligent. There's just something about where you don't ask for help or you can just become invisible. If you think that you're invisible and you want to be, you will be. Subconsciously and consciously, you're going to make it happen. You might not see it, but if you want it, you're going to bring it into yourself. You're going to make it the biggest reality. And when you treat yourself like someone who people don't see, they're not going to see you. Because your words and your mindset is powerful. And it can work in a positive direction, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it really can. Yeah. But if you go down that road and you don't ever turn off, man, it gets deep and it goes far. And it even got to the point, guys, where I didn't even want to be alive anymore. <laughs> I just didn't like my life. It just wasn't worth it to me. you know. And there was so much good that was happening around me. There was so much potential that I had. But all it took was believing that little lie that I was a burden. You know, and it's like you repeat it to yourself all the time. You repeat it to yourself every day when you think about asking that friend to hang out. When you think about telling your parents that you're having problems and you can't sleep at night. You know the medication is really expensive and you heard your dad complaining about it and you don't want to say anything. I know it looks different for all of us. Sometimes our parents are having problems. They're about to split up. It wasn't like that for me, but we don't want to say anything because we know there's already tension. We don't want to bring our problem into the mix because we know there's so much brokenness. We know they're already going through junk. Wow. And i got to tell you guys... If you want to love other people, if you want to connect, you've got to deal with what's going on in the heart. You know, because this is the thing that you want. If you're honest with yourself, you want to love other people. No matter how stuck you are in that self-hatred thing, you want to connect with people. You want to love people. That's part of the reason that you're here and you're not where I was trying to end the life. That's part of the reason that you're actually in community because your heart's been connected to people and they're keeping you here. And that's good. But if you don't fix that thing that's on the inside, there's only so far you can go in the connection. And I just want to encourage you guys that God broke into my story, that God brought a lot of help. And you know what? We're not really going to talk about exactly what happened tonight because my story is crazy, and I want you guys to learn about your story, okay? And so tonight, we're really going to focus on what does it look like for you? What does it look like to discover the exciting journey of beginning to love yourself? And i got to tell you, whatever you want in your life, loving yourself... And having a right perspective on how you see yourself is going to help you get there. 
Some people get excited about writing books and making art. Some people get excited about achieving a goal and being the best at something. Some people get excited about jobs and careers and ministry opportunities and speaking engagements. Some people get really excited about connecting with family members. Maybe it's getting married. Who knows what it is? Whatever's exciting you right now, if you want to get there, loving yourself is going to connect you. Loving yourself is going to help you get there. And I'm going to say something, guys, and I want to be really clear. This is my opinion. The next thing that I'm going to say is my opinion, but I do believe it. You know, I was even advising a friend recently, and I wasn't confident enough to stand my ground and say, this is what I believe, because I feel like there's so many questions that go through my head when I say this. But this statement, I think, is important. And who knows, maybe six months from now, I'll think differently. But right now, I want to share with you what I believe in my heart. I want to share with you what I have conviction about. I believe the most important opinion that you can have is the opinion that you have about yourself. I think sometimes we come up with lots of spiritual answers or lots of other answers that it's important what other people see you. It's important God's opinion about you. I mean, how does God even have an opinion, guys? I mean, that sounds spiritual, but like he speaks and it creates. If he says something, it creates it and makes it happen. You know, so I don't know if you can even say God has an opinion. But here's why I really think it's so important the way you see yourself. Because that's actually going to determine how much and how you can connect with God. <laughs> and so I think that if we really want to believe in God and we really want to hear and maybe see, I don't know, all five senses, if we want to know what his identity and what he speaks over us, we have to deal with some stuff on the inside first. There's some baggage that we got to let go of. And sometimes it's actually just one lie, but we've let it grow for a decade. We've let it grow and it's been unchallenged in our hearts. And I think the first step of the journey is actually realizing this is not my thought. <laughs> it wasn't me that came up with the idea that I thought it was a burden to the other people. It wasn't like I looked at the situation and I assessed it and I logically analyzed and figured out and came to the conclusion that based on the facts and the data that I am in fact a burden to the people around me and if I was to remove myself from the equation economically, socially, emotionally, spiritually, things would suddenly improve for other people and they would become better. That's just not how it is. Because I could show you with the data, because I've looked at the stats, but I could show you with the data. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's true. Anyways, I could show you with the data that actually adding you into the equation is better for other people. And you know what? There was people in my life who loved me who totally did. They would offer me pieces of data. They would offer me logical reasons and things why I actually made things better. And you know what? Not a single rational reason that anyone ever shared with me made a difference. And it's not because I don't respect logic. It's because I didn't have a rational problem. I never arrived at that conclusion because of a logical thought. I never analyzed things and came up with the idea. It felt like that. In that moment, alone, crying, when my parents didn't come find me, it felt like that in the moment that I looked at things and I had determined that because of that, because of my medication, because of my special needs, and I don't have time to define what that actually means for you, but because of the special needs that I had, especially compared to my brothers, that they would be a little bit better off without me. 
And that's not how it is. It feels like that's how it is, but there was a spiritual demonic force that came into that situation, especially after I left the worship <laughs> worshiping God, right? <laughs> I run out of it. <laughs> and he's trying to take advantage of the situation, and he's planting that lie. And God can have so much invincible protection over my life. But if there's one lie that I let on the inside, there's this impenetrable wall of glory that's protecting me from lies of the enemy. God is guarding my heart and my mind, but there is one thing that I've let past my defenses, and I will not let go of the glass that is breaking my hands. I will not let go of the glass that is severing my veins connect to my heart that's going to slowly kill me and if I crunch it all the way that will end my life and it's already made it past my defenses it's already made it past the prayers of my grandma and all that stuff it's on the inside okay and if I choose to believe that lie then God's not going to come in there and remove that even if it wasn't my thought it's already on the inside he's going to protect me and those prayers are going to protect me from what's on the outside and he's given me every tool that i need to deal with what's on the inside but he's not going to force me to deal with it imagine he tries to pry it from my hands and i'm holding it and i clench it tighter and i kill myself he doesn't want that to happen and so he's going to open my hand when i open it he's not going to pry it open because he knows that that might actually kill me that might actually terminate or abort my spiritual growth you know, and it feels kind of lame when you're in that moment and you want God to just take it away, but it's not really going to change the problem. And sometimes you're just going to hold on to it tighter because you're not ready to let go of it yet. But when you open your own hand by your own choice and you say, I don't want to think like that anymore, yeah. then it's not going to kill you. Then God knows that he can finally heal that hand. Yeah. And it's not going to become a threatening to your life or your spiritual life or your emotional health. I don't know how to say all that in one your soul is at risk. <laughs> uh, I didn't think about saying that initially. <laughs> so, anyways, this is real exciting. This is real fun times. Um, man. So, anyways, also, if you happen to be having struggles with those thoughts and those lies, I really challenge you that there's so many logical things we can talk about. Hating yourself doesn't really make any rational sense. But like it was for me, there's no logical solution that I can offer to you. I could tell you fun things like one of the most intimate things that you can do for another person that I know by experience is to actually bathe another person or clean another human being. And so the fact that you're showering all the time and cleaning your body is actually a way of nourishing and cherishing your body. That's kind of something that you do to something that you love or you care about. And so, I mean, dude, there's so many things and I could just go on and on about ways that we meet our own desires and about hating ourselves isn't really rational, but it's not what's going to make a difference. It's what God's doing in your heart. And it's whether or not you're willing to face the lie. Whether you're willing to come face to face with those lies that we believe, the things that we bought into, like I'm a burden. Those things that we bought into, like I'm not good enough. Those things we bought into, like I'm just going to screw it up. And you know, it's almost like every time we do something wrong, we just reinforce this message. Every time we just mess up, we just say things like, you idiot, I can't believe you did it again. And sometimes we say it out loud. And with every little thing, we're supporting that lie. And I think that God wants to heal us. I think that he wants to bring hope and he wants to break into the situation. And he wants to say, you can open up your hand and it's going to be okay. And so I know we're in the middle of a sermon. (laughs) And I know there's still some time to go. But I just want to release a really quick prayer over you guys, even as we're doing this. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now. I just invite you to be the one who ministers to us, who leads us through this time, who shows us what it looks like to process. And help us make it to the conclusion, God. We're not quite at the end yet, but it hurts so much to talk about these things. 
It hurts so much to be vulnerable and we don't want to go there. So I just pray that you give us courage, God. I pray that you just fill us with hope, showing us that what's in front of us can be better than where we are right now. That we could actually make it to a better place if we go with you. That we could actually make it to a better place if we go with our family and our community. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I wish I had courage to pray like that when I hated myself. I wish I had courage to pray like that and ask for help when it was really hard. But I didn't. And the people who gave me courage came into my life. I never found it inside of myself. I finally started asking for help. I finally started telling people what was going on with people. I finally started talking to people that I thought that I was a burden. And when they told me that they didn't agree with me, at first it didn't mean anything. But after a long time of receiving love, after a long time of seeing that they're reliable, that they were there for the relationship, they were there for me and they weren't going to leave, I eventually started to open up and I eventually started to let go of that lie. But I think if you're not willing to take the first step, you're never going to be willing to take the second step. And so I think the first step for us tonight is just coming face to face with that lie, whatever the lie is for you. It's probably some derivative of I'm a burden of people. Even if it's manifesting in some different way, it's probably some derivative of the way that we think that we look. And what I just have to tell you guys is that God has a greater reality over your life. If you want to talk about evidence, if you want to talk about facts, Havilah Cunnington says that the fact that you're alive today is actually evidence that this generation, the people living here on the earth today, they're in need of your gifts. They're in need of your talents. And they're in need of your burdens. And so I just believe you add so much more value than you see. There are so many people that treasure you so deeply. And the Lord actually placed you in this generation. You know, there's this guy named Dougie Fresh. <laughs> you know, who comes to Crux. And he's one of our family. I don't care if he's not here right now. I don't care if you wonder how long it's been since you've seen him. Doug is family. Yeah. And I love Doug. Yeah. And I was talking to that man one time about the funniest conversation about if there was any people who used to live in the medieval days that were like professional hoverboarders or just funny things like that, you know? And it was one of my favorite conversations. But you know what? I'm not sure that there were any professional hoverboarders. And I think the reason is because of what I said. Because you're alive right now. God made you for this time. God made you for this season. You know, and it's exciting to see that your gifts get to make such a positive difference. So we have an activity to go through tonight. I know this is sort of a heavy note, guys. Um, but tonight we have an activity to go through that's talking about diagnosing self-hatred. And it's going to give you a lot more examples than the I feel like a burden that I focused on. Um, and we're going to be able to go through that freedom manual. And so I want to encourage you guys that when we break up into groups, that we're going to honestly, like we did last week, think about those boxes and check the ones that apply to us. We're going to honestly go through it and think, have I thought a thought like that? And I want to be really clear with you guys. As we're going through this list and as we do this activity, these thoughts, these mindsets, these paradigms, they're lies. And they're not from you. Yeah. It wasn't your thought. Satan has been trying to rip us off. I feel like I should be more passionate right now, but I don't know. I feel emotional. And Satan has been trying to rip us off, man. And he's been trying to sell us short from the beautiful creations that God made us to be. He knows that if he can get you to destroy yourself, that he can short-circuit your destiny. Because you know what? That dude can't even lay a finger on you. You know what I mean? 
But when we let one little lie inside of our hearts, we can do a whole world of wreckage. And so I want to encourage you guys that when you check those boxes, not only is that a lie, that thought that you remember yourself thinking, but that's also something that wasn't from you. And I think that's going to be your first step to starting to bring down that stronghold. And I'm going to bring you back to the thesis. Everything I've said tonight is defending that thesis. That loving yourself actually connects you to the possibility of loving other people. And I think that if we want to love other people, if we want to genuinely connect, then we need to put ourselves back in the equation. Because you know what? God's the one who puts you there in the first place. We're the ones who try to take ourselves out of the equation. And so I'm going to read a verse, and I know this might not make too much sense right now, It may not be an official meeting if we don't actually go over Bible verse, right? So (laughs) we're going to look at Isaiah 55, 11. I know this is a little heavy right now, guys. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. So I actually didn't memorize this one, so I might read it off the screen. That sounds fun. So anyways, (laughs) I'm just being honest. Anyways, it says, I like this screen better. It says, so shall my word, it's going to be okay. It says, so shall my word that goes out from my mouth. And it shall not return to me empty. I mean, this is God speaking. And it says, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose. And it shall succeed. Oh, I like that word. Succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So we could read verse 12 and it's really good. But I just want to leave you guys with verse 11. And I want to bring this to you in a different way. God spoke words to create you. And his word, can you actually leave it up on the screen? I'm probably not going to read again, but I want people to be able to look at it because it's pretty and fancy. Um, when God created you, he spoke words. And those yeah. words actually brought you into being. I know there was all this scientific process and womb stuff that happened. But, you know, to create you, God really spoke those words. And there's a poem that he made through creating you, right? And so actually, Isaiah 55, 11, it's totally about the promises of God. Totally about the prophecies of God, man, 100%. But what I want to bring to you is it's not just about God's promises. It's not just about his prophecies. There was a word that he spoke to create you. There's a group of words that makes up the song that is your life. And that word is not going to fall down to the ground. It's not going to go into the ground. I know some people get cremated, but whatever. They still make it to the ground. Anyways, um, it's not going to go down to the ground and then return to him void. It's not going to go down to the grave until it's accomplished the purpose that he sent it out for. It's not going to go down to the grave until it succeeds in what he spoke for it to do. And so that word is us. So you can put up Ephesians 2.10. I'm not going to read this one. Good stuff. But anyways, it just talks about how we're God's workmanship. And we're created in Christ Jesus. That he predestined for good works beforehand. And when he uses that word workmanship, it's actually that word poema. And in Greek. And it means song. It means poem. And so you guys, your very lives are a song that God sang from heaven. And when it goes out into the earth, I want to encourage you that it will not go into the ground without succeeding in what God released it to do. So I want to encourage you that you have success to actually take on these lies and success to start loving yourself. God valued you so much that the song that he released that is your life on the earth, he stood behind that song and he said, I promise you that this song will not go into the ground without accomplishing what I created to do. And like I said, loving yourself connects you to the possibility of loving other people, valuing the gift of God that you are to this generation, (laughs) valuing the gift of God that you are to men, valuing the gift of God that you are to women, actually connects you to the possibility of loving other people. So we're going to actually break up into groups right now. We're going to go through the Freedom Manual. 
It feels like it's about that time. <laughs> and um, as we're going through this manual, there's going to be those checkboxes. And I want to encourage you guys that those are lies and they're from the enemy. So we need to come against those thoughts and basically ask God for the truth. But I'm pretty sure that we're going to have time to get to the part of the activity that's asking God for truth and stuff like that. So you're actually going to have some things to go home with to process and truths to replace these lies. Um, so can someone help me with passing out the papers? And again, I know it's a little bit heavy, but we're going to break up into groups, guys. And I just want you to feel encouraged that God loves you, that God is for you. He supports you. And really, he calls us to love the thing that he loves, you know. So, yeah. Okay, so guys, we're going to break up into groups. Uh, let's make groups. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.